Good afternoon, sir. Yo, yo, yo. This is episode 55 of the Beef and Bitcoin podcast with your host, Brett and CH. Today's topics. Looks like PayPal is uh, trying to pump my Bitcoin bags here by censoring more uh, transactions from Pornhub cam girls. Uh, Hong Kong is officially in a recession. You know, we've been talking about that for the last six months or so, and it looks like that's finally coming to fruition. Also, um, <clears throat> there was a quick note on uh, Zero Hedge about the Fed uh, repo transparency and <laughs> basically not telling us who's insolvent. So it looks like we might find out two years from now. So we'll touch on that. And um, <laughs> looks like we still have some we have some protesters really throwing it down in Iran, burning down a bank, which uh, I I do commend them for their. Uh, <laughs> for taking their protests seriously, but um, how you doing this week, man? Doing good. There's a, there's a lot going on again. Like it just seems like a week goes by and everything is. There's more what protests, riots, just absolute insanity going on, and you know, and here we are, and equity markets are all time highs, and just everything is uncourt. You know, disconnected. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, everything does seem like it's it's. Just, it's like disconnected, but then intertwined and interwoven at the same time. It's kind of it's kind of weird. Yeah, I'm looking at. I was going to look at the Hong Kong because they're finally into recession, so I think their markets took quite a hit, somewhat. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd imagine I'd imagine that's the case. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're I guess we're just on the cusp of something again. I don't know. We're going like last year. I feel like we're almost there again. Yeah, yeah. Entering into, you know, we're already into fourth quarter. It's towards the end of the year. We have the start of a new decade coming in, I don't know, 40 some days or whatever. Uh, I mean, we're, we're getting close. We're getting close. Um, what do you think? Should we? The, I was going to say to jump into the PayPal. Um, yeah. It's one of those things again. I think the porn industry, I'm shocked they haven't flocked to Bitcoin and crypto sooner because of how relevant it's become like it's not relevant but it is relevant everyone's heard of it at this point so you think i'm surprised that industry hasn't just flocked to that just because the ease of access like if you're just using bitcoin the ease of access mine is trying to use it like in late 2017 when it was unusable for that period of time right, right other right. than that um but it would just make sense i but that's just my thoughts i mean it yeah. is the internet money no, I, I totally agree with you. And this is, you know, something I wanted to touch on one, like as much as this is kind of like a, a big nothing burger of news, I think it's just good to touch on because, um, it, it exemplifies the, the real use case for, um, you know, Bitcoin and just uncensorable money and being able to make the transactions that they say you're not allowed to make. And, uh, you know, I saw this come across my Twitter feed that, uh, PayPal is censoring the Pornhub models payouts. And, um, you know, of course that's to be expected, right? Uh, all the centralized payment processors and wallets or w digital bank accounts will always be looking to censor, um, the porn industry or sex workers or whatever you want to call it. And, um, you know, even if you don't agree with those particular industries, um, it's just, it's, it's clearly financial repression and, uh, the, the reason that they do censor those kinds of transactions is because 
the majority of these people don't pay their taxes on those. So you want to you want to censor them, right? Make them go through an intermediary where they can be tracked properly. Not that they can't be tracked on PayPal, but um, it's just it just kind of is what it is. But, you know, these cam girls have kind of lost the ability to receive their payments for their for their services rendered. Uh, and, you know, that is what it is. But it was funny to see you know, the, the Bitcoiners on Twitter just immediately jump on this, like Bitcoin fixes this, or why don't you, we'll help you set up a wallet and all this I, stuff. I, and like, I'm sure okay. like it was just absolutely attacked by crypto Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, it, it was hysterical. And you know, I put it on my story. I made a funny post about it on beef and Bitcoin and put that out there. And a couple people had DM me and were like, Oh, well, Pornhub integrated with Verge last year or whenever and all this stuff. And I'm like, listen, nobody's really using that. But the point of the story is that, um, you know, using something like Bitcoin, it's for the transactions that you're not allowed to make. Like that is the number one use case besides all of the other various use cases, sound money, a savings technology, you know, hard cap supply, all that good stuff. Even outside of that, you have an industry that will eventually keep getting uh, more financially censored and repressed and they're going to look for an outlet. And, you know, what I wanted to ask you was to me, it reminds me of the early two thousands when, you know, the porn industry flocked to the internet, right? I mean, what a brilliant, they're going to, they always, the criminals and the pornographers always flock to the newest technology and they make it work because it's, it's a taboo industry. So I guess just to your point is, you know, either how much longer does it take or do you think you need to see even more financial repression for them to really start to embrace um, Bitcoin? Um, that's a good question. You know, how is the ease of access for use of it? I think it's still for some people it's a little tough because I Agreed. think if you're receiving it, you have to send it to an exchange. It's not like it's on like the cash app or you're just clicking buy and like an ATM or something where it's fairly simple. Um, if it's more complicated, like sending money, like Bitcoin, especially like sending it, people just like, just can't, that's a hurdle for people. Right. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I forget so. things that like, or I don't mean to cut you off. Those just like things that people haven't ever done. It becomes mm -hmm. really tough for. No, I, I, I definitely agree with you. And the other thing that I was thinking was, uh, I still don't know that there's enough of a circular economy, a circular Bitcoin economy for like to, to make it really usable. Right. So if you're a cam girl or a sex worker or whatever, and you accept Bitcoin for your services, that's great. But as you said, you know, like, what are you going to, what are you going to then spend it on? Maybe you probably can't pay your rent in it. You probably can't pay for groceries within it. You can't do a lot of things yet. And I think, um, eventually you need to, somebody needs to take the leap and start adopting it and using it. And then other, you know, like a, there's a great company bit refill where you can buy gift cards with Bitcoin. And then like, that's your, that's the start of your circular economy. And once it's, um, once there's more of a circular economy, you can, you can see how this kind of thing will take off where you're really just using it as cash, right? It won't be too uncommon for your landlord to accept it. It won't be too uncommon to, uh, or maybe there's more ATMs that pop up and you can go in and out of Bitcoin to grab cash or fiat or whatever and, and, and spend it. But it's, it's very much a chicken and egg problem. So I, I just think more, more industries need to, 
jump in and it, it just takes one at a time. But I think uh, my opinion is the porn industry will definitely adopt it sooner rather than later just because of financial repression. And they're usually the first to start adopting these kinds of technologies anyway. So uh, to me, it seems like a, a great fit. It's just it it's earlier than we think with a lot of this stuff. But then once it happens, you're like, OK, wow, that happened really fast. Yeah, I think you're right. In the, it, it, it's always earlier than you think. <laughs> if anything, you're, you know, it's, right, if right. You, like you're just like, oh, you know, and then it just and then it takes a while. It always takes longer. It always does. It's, that's what you realize with anything with markets. I think after you've been in, you're like, OK, or just a, how long it takes for anything like geopolitics. It just takes a lot longer. Right. And then when it happens, like it happens all at once, you know, and, like you hit that exactly point and then you and like just threshold just snaps exactly it exactly. just go um and i know i don't know if we're going to mention it today but it was pretty interesting what there's a speech by putin i'm pretty sure you saw it where he yeah, mentioned yeah. the de-dollarization that's happening and i you know in some of he's like i don't think putin would say this if he didn't know what was going on and it's like so and yeah, no. he's not wrong in a sense of what china and russia have been doing and then everyone else repatriating gold it's it's people you know realize that everyone's currencies are fucking shit and they don't know what's gonna happen so they're fucking trying to figure it out i don't know that's no I, that's that's because they have no clue no one does <laughs> well well i think that's a good segue into like the uh the fed repo transparency exactly. is that th there there are issues with the current monetary system and each country um kind of has their own central bank and everybody operates with the same model the same banking model because it's beneficial to have the uh have the keys to the to the printing press so like i i do understand why why countries around the globe do it um but i i do think just to touch on things always taking longer than we think the comment from putin is interesting because i think that particular comment will be uh will be able to point to that in a few years from now and be like, yeah, he, he really called it, you know, or he nailed it. Um, just the, the de-dollarization and other countries looking for a new base money, right? A new, a new reserve currency. And I, this might just start to be the beginnings of, of that. So it's, you know, again, it's, it's early, but it will be very obvious in hindsight and there will be plenty of videos and clips and stuff to point to of people kind of calling it, between that 2017 2022 time frame of like the, the the cracks at the seam and you know i'll let you jump into the repo markets here but th this is something we've been talking about and the repo markets definitely seem to be a um like a, a crack in the surface yeah there's something going on someone's not they're not and they're not telling us like obviously they're saying we're not gonna tell you for two years which is as it's a long time but then again, it isn't. It's only 24 right. months. Exactly. It, it's really not that long. Um, but still, you know, a decent amount of time, things will change in, you know, two years, no matter what. Everything always changes. The sooner you realize that, the easier your life will be. Uh, everything's changing. It doesn't. But this is like, for the example, we went from 3.759 trillion on August 28th, um, and that's 2019, to. 4.047 trillion 
uh, for the Federal Reserve balance sheet. So they're doing QE, but it's not QE. It's slowed down a little <laughs> bit, but still it's, a, I mean, we've still went basically almost $500 billion in a few months. So quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, where the the balance sheet is definitely definitely pumping here. Um, and when I was taking a look at that, the repo transparency article from Zero Hedge, I mean, it it, it goes along. It it validates a few of the things that I think we've been talking about. Like, okay, there's definitely a bank or two that are insolvent and they need the influx of capital. Um, and and now it really seems like that's the case because they're they're not going they're to tell not, us for stopped. another two years. It, like I don't think not, it's, I don't think it's one bank though. Is it? I think it's more well, than one. No, yeah, it definitely could be could be more than one. And you know, the funny thing is, we're really not going to know for twenty four months for sure, unless there's like a, a major bank failure, and then we'll be like, oh, okay, it was, you know, Deutsche Bank or who whoever the case may be. Um, but. Oh, yeah. And I also saw in that letter, uh, the Fed's letter also states that the particular bank is exempt from the Freedom of Information Act. So you even if you wanted to try to use um, <laughs> to use that to try to get information about it, you, you can't because of, sorry, you're not allowed to you're not allowed to know this. Um, I don't know the, this the, the lack of transparency is ridiculous. It It's ridiculous, but it also makes me think harder about how you can't do this sort of thing on a sound money standard. Um, like you, you wouldn't be able to, to print money out of nowhere to yeah, fix liquidity some, issues. Someone could fund you, it, you know, right? Like, yeah, somebody will have to take their own capital and then disperse it. Right. So you can, you know, you can use gold or Bitcoin here. They're both synonymous in a, in a sound money example, but, uh, these kinds of, issues wouldn't be happening under those types of standards. And I think that now that I know a little bit more than I did when I first got into this space, um, it makes me appreciate uh, a sound money standard and why it's so important, especially when there's just a total lack of transparency. Like, you know, it's, it's fishy and scammy as fuck. Yeah. There's something, something's up. It's that simple. And I, you know, we won't know technically for two years, but it would be interesting if we found out sooner. Um, yeah. The only, the only way we find out sooner is if they fail. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's going to happen first. I, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be tough. Like it, people ask enough questions now, I think. And I think the way social media has been the past few years, if the Fed balance sheet gets over the, the new high, it will become a big deal. People will start to asking questions and something will happen. Right, right. I, I, I think now with the way the internet is, with social media, get the Jeffrey Epstein thing is a perfect example. It just won't die. Yeah, it's being memed to death. It, it's being much. memed into per perpetuity. It is being ingrained in people's skulls right now. <laughs> That's what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, it's even normies are talking about it. Yeah, which is normies like... are in full... Yeah, like, and we're not just talking any... Like, it's just actors, it's famous people, it's... It's it's everything news. It's getting memed into everything. Your average day person, like it's it's un it's unreal. You wonder at the right. holidays. I wonder if it's going to be a topic at the holiday dinner. 
<laughs> I don't know. Family topic. We'll, Jeff, you know what? We'll find out though. We'll we'll see. We'll see, we'll, we'll see the memes because it'll, it'll <laughs> like all Thanksgiving and Christmas, people will do funny Epstein stuff for sure. Yeah, oh, and. Uh, I, I, They'll, they'll keep up the pace till the end of the year. I have no doubt. Yeah, there's no way. Oh. But uh, <laughs> to just to like speaking of transparency and keeping the memes alive, uh, just to follow up on the the repo transparency, I, I had sent you the uh, those protesters in Iran burning down that bank, and um, you know when I when I saw this and and this footage is really unbelievable. At first, it was pitched as uh, this was an Iranian central bank, and it turns out that's not the case. It's just a you know a regular bank branch. But I would say I'm uh, I'm I'm proud of I'm proud <laughs> I'm proud of them for picking a decent target, right? Apparently, you know the fares were going up, and I don't know transportation or whatever, and they uh, and they 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 went at the bank, right? They went at the bank, and you know interesting target. But I this is what happens when uh. A population has been has been pushed to the limit, right? That's this this is what the limit looks like. I mean, this video is insane. They protesters just burn the fucking building down. That is the limit. And I was thinking, like, I, I wanted to see what you thought about this. We're so far away from that here in the states. Like, I don't see anybody taking to the streets and burning down a Wells Fargo bank or or a Deutsche Bank or whatever. Like, I just I don't see it happening. But I I kind of feel like they're there, there is a maximum limit to where the people will eventually stand up and start burning I, shit. I think and, I, and, and like you're seeing it here, quick. you're seeing it in France, you're seeing it in Hong Kong. We're seeing it all over the place. I personally feel like in it's, the States, we're still pretty far away from that. So that's the, where the thing like, is, I think it happens kind of overnight. Right. Um, and I, and it, you know, it depends on what it is, but you know, something, something usually triggers it. And, uh, I was gonna say the interesting thing for the states is we forget like, okay, yeah, there was Occupy Wall Street after you know nine or not, gonna say nine eleven, but excuse me, the global financial crisis two thousand eight two thousand nine. What well, Occupy Wall Street became a thing really 2010, 2011, maybe twenty twelve. I don't know its history that well, but you know that could come back and in much worse of a sense though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like people mm-hmm. could get really pissed because we look at like the perfect examples. Like when you look at like, of and I have nothing against people owning, having a lot of money, but the, it's like the top 1% own 90% of the equity market. It's like some ridiculous statistic like that. So like people always joke about it. You see it on FinTwit, like, Oh, you know, the bot, the lower, you know, 90% of Americans could care less. The stock market went up like 1% today or something like that. Mm-hmm. Cause they're just so, you know, not connected to it. And, but then again, all everyone's pensions and all their bullshit is connected. Right. Yeah, it's funny because like I hear the the boomers in my office are every day they always look and say like, oh, what's the market doing? Like they they're definitely they're I guess less interested than I'm interested in Bitcoin from like a financial standpoint. But they're like. Like it, it really matters to them what the stock market's doing. Their yeah. their bags, I've, their retirement bags, really do depend dude, on it. So like I I get it totally. I was gonna play this video, but the, I, all I gotta say is the longer we go vertical without any any serious correction, because we've went since the early October like up like probably ten percent now on most of the indexes. 
the longer you go vertical with no correction, whatever that whatever that correction does come, it's gonna be harsh. So get get ready for the spook skin. Right. Because like, I, I'm not gonna. I'll, I'll watch. I'll play the video. But basically, you know, like a hundred point crash won't even be that much, but it's still it'd be a big deal. You know, like right. the S&P, in the S and P, I guess. Sure. Um, sure. So I'm gonna play wanna... Yeah, I was gonna play this video here. Yeah, yeah, play it, play it. Oh no no, I don't know if there's volume, we'll find out in a second. Oh yeah. Yeah, this is nuts. I'm pretty sure there's a gunshot. I could be wrong, but that sounded like the crack of a gunshot to me. Yeah, that's um, see, that's 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 serious business. Um, and as as sad as I am for the uh, the Iranian people who've just really got the short end of the stick here for the last few decades, um, this is there there is a limit. Like there is a limit yeah. until people break. I mean, and that's it's of the sad reality and uh, sanctions. Yep, it sucks, dude. It really it really sucks. <laughs> But uh, I guess that's a good segue into the Hong Kong recession. I mean, you know, these are it's it, it's very similar. And uh, I don't think we got a chance to talk about it last time, but it looks like officially Hong Kong is is in a recession. And, you know, we've been talking about that for the last six months or so. And it looks like the data has finally caught up to, um, you know, all the protests, the tourism's down. I mean, all of it eventually flows back into the economy where there's, there's a loss in revenue and income. And, and now you can see it plain as day. Um, and also I guess last week or the week before that, um, looks like somebody was finally shot by a Hong Kong police officer and that, that, that made the news. And I guess, you know, you kind of called that a while ago. It's like almost a Afterwards, it kind of just went away, but now you know you CNBC is talking about the recession. I just wanted to let oh. you know you oh, cut thanks. out for your 10 15 seconds. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. It's so they're in a recession and it is what it is. Were you gonna play this clip? Uh, yeah, I was gonna play the clip. I just wanted to let you know that happened for like I was letting you just talk, but I don't know if it was cut out from just your mic on Skype or on yeah, yeah. In general. It sounded like you muted, but then it came back or something. Work out on Gotcha. Just heads up. Uh, yeah, I'm going to play the video. It's from CNBC. The Hong Kong confirming overnight that its economy has plunged into its first recession in a decade. The economy shrank by 3.2% from the previous quarter. That marks the second straight quarterly decline. And the financial hub, of course, has been suffering from violent protests, the U.S.-China trade war and a faltering stock market. Meantime, the week of rage in Hong Kong continuing to boil over, and we're going to get over to NBC's Matt Bradley, who joins us now with more on that. Matt. Hey, Andrew. Yeah, you're right. This has been now isn't in its six months of protests. Um, remember, this originally started with that extradition bill that was floated back over the summer. That has been mostly withdrawn, but the protests are continuing. And as you can see, universities like Polytechnic University behind me they're becoming citadels for this continuous protest movement. You can see now that they put up, you know, umbrellas trying to block CCTV cameras from taking images of the protesters who have basically occupied this campus and have shut it down almost entirely. Now, students here, especially foreign students, they're having to leave. And even the students who are based here in Hong Kong, 
they're just going to be taking courses online. They're basically ending classes. So right here at Polytechnic University, we're seeing not kind of like, as I mentioned, citadels. They're almost becoming universities for protest. Protesters are learning things like how to make a Molotov cocktail, how to throw a Molotov cocktail, how to attack the police, how to defend themselves. So all of this is really transforming the city. And you mentioned this is kind of a microcosm of what's happening in the broader sense throughout the entire city. We're seeing a slowdown as these now six months of protests really take an effect on just day-to-day -day business. Behind this university is that Cross Harbor Tunnel. That's a major artery connecting Kowloon, where I am, the northern part of Hong Kong, and the mainland or the main island of Hong Kong. That's been closed now for at least more than a day. Protesters have threatened to shut that down on several occasions throughout the last six months. But now we're really seeing a lot of the infrastructure taking a hit. And as you mentioned, that decline for the first time in 10 years of economic production. It's unclear whether Hong Kongers are going to continue to stand with the protesters if their pocketbooks are what's affected. Yeah, I think I think they're past that point of caring about their pocketbooks. Uh, you mentioned at yeah. the end there. Yeah, it's 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 become war. <laughs> you see people like Molotovs, bricks, beating. I mean, it's bow, bow and it, arrows, bow and arrows. Too. Yeah, shooting now. You know, I think it's it's only. I mean, obviously, people have been killed now. Not, not I'm not like glorifying that anyway. But that's we've been talking about this for a while now. This has become a big deal, and it's six months in, and it's not stopping. It's only escalating. I've said, and it hasn't stopped escalating at all. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, the, uh, when I when I see this kind of stuff, of course, it you know I get I get pissed and sad for the people of Hong Kong, um, and I also like this is a symptom of just everything that's been happening globally with the fiat monetary system and all this stuff like the the war machine and all the repression and stuff like it needs funding and the the fiat central banking system is the is how you fund it and i was listening to a, a podcast with trace mayer and that he was talking about hong kong and his point was kind of like you know he he almost wishes he's like, you can protest until you're blue in the face and, you know, try your best. But how do you how do you stop the the repression? And he's like, you got to defund it. So his point was like, how are you going to how are you going to defund it to the point where that it stops? Like you can ask them to stop just like <laughs> people uh, have asked their oppressors to stop and the oppressor just told them to fuck off. Like you need to figure out a way to take away the funding for that. So his his point was like. Why wouldn't you buy Bitcoin in this case and and try to try to change the system that way? But um, you know it's it's still too early for that to be a a good option. But I don't know. It's just it's really tough. It's really tough. Yeah, uh, you know, at this point, I think everyone's kind of betting, I guess, on their their hope for what the future monetary system becomes because. A lot of people just see holes in the system. I think we're seeing it from let people are Bitcoiners, whether they're crypto, whether they're gold, whether, you know, gold, some money, crew, market people are just kind of seeing cracks in the system. You know, things are, and then obviously we're now just seeing it being played out every day, like with these type of protests in Hong Kong, uh, Germany, I was going to say, just narrowly missed a recession by like, it was like 0.1%, GDP was yeah. 0.1%, like... So it's it's. I mean, it look, the chart looks terrible. And I don't know if they have it in here. They don't. But uh, there's a chart just showing like their their production and GDP, and it's just abysmal. But right. 
the market's almost at all time highs. <laughs> yeah, that's where like like we intuitively know there's a disconnect, but it's not it's not playing out yet. <laughs> like uh, for all for all global markets, and especially in the U.S., it's thing, we're making new all time highs. Things are great. What do you mean? What, Other what you countries are in a recession. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> so that's where, um, but that's what makes it so interesting, right? Because we wouldn't. I don't know the way I look at it. I intuitively know there's a disconnect between global markets, and I'm assuming that if I have a better understanding of that disconnect than the next person, I might be able to profit off of that, right? Uh, and that's kind of that's why we do this podcast anyway. Like we know something's going on, and how do you think about it in such a way where you can come out either relatively unscathed or or maybe even make life changing money in in the process? Uh, and and that's why I think it's so fascinating to talk about and and think about it. Yeah, no, it's it's like something I enjoy talking about. That's why I do this. I don't do it for any other reason. I like to just talk about it and shoot the shit about it because it's really interesting and no one's paying attention yet. But there's like there's a shit ton of stuff happening, and I I'm, I don't keep using swearing here, but there is a lot happening. Um, like as I mentioned, there's like you get. I don't know if we mentioned yet the French are protesting again. It's a year anniversary of the Yellow Vest protests. Hong Kong six months deep. Iran we just showed. You have um, yeah Chile. They were burning down Chile, a building and their Bolivia transportation Venezuela, yeah. uh, Spain. I mean you can keep going. Um, what were we talking about the Danish? The, yeah, the Danish the Dutch farmers, the Dutch farmers, <laughs> the tractors. Yeah, it's it's everywhere. It's it really is everywhere, and um, like you, I guess that can only go on for for so long. And 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 we know that there's a disconnect because all that's happening globally, and then U.S. equities are at all time highs. So, what? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe a good uh, maybe a good top signal is like Rage Against the Machines going on tour again in 2020, and like when they were really big in the late 90s, you know, market top. I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what do you think? Is that a good way to wrap it up? Do we touch on the one more thing? I think the Hong Kong recession no. was the last, yeah, was was the last, the last thing. That's probably a good way to wrap it up right there. I mean, yeah, we're, we're close. That's all. We're close to something. That's all I know. I'm going to leave it there. You can wrap that up. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, something's going on. Um, this was episode 55 of the Beef Bitcoin podcast. Uh, like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Um, and as always, send us a DM. Let us want you to know. Uh, let us know what you want us to talk about. Really helps us uh, set up these episodes to uh, record more podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Peace. Peace.